Happy 2023. To kick off the new year, I will no longer mention my revenue on any platform. If you want to know why, check out the episode. I'll see you inside. Welcome to Cheers to Your Prosperity, a show where I spill the tea, (laughs) I mean coffee, on what it takes to keep more of your hard-earned money without sacrificing the things you love. We'll talk about how to use the principles of wealth, money mindset, spirituality, and more to enhance your financial skill set. I'm your host, Chiyama Njaku. I'm an 18-year accountant and a financial coach. Here's something else I'd love for you to know. I've experienced financial rock bottom and have climbed my way out of it. What that means to you is that I walk my talk and I look forward to sharing my experiences as well as observations from my work with clients to help you walk yours. Y'all, I believe we all have a right to prosper. With that said, enjoy the show and let's go. Hi everyone, my name is Chiyama. Feel free to call me Chi or if you want to feel like we go way, way back, and I love that, call me Chi Chi. In case you skip the uh, the introduction, because I do too, I am an accountant and uh, I've been one for almost 19 years. And I'm also a financial coach. And so what I do is I blend both. I blend the, both mental- modalities to ultimately help the business owner and entrepreneur like you keep more of your hard-earned money, or rather keep more of their hard-earned money, without sacrificing the things that make life enjoyable. But I I have to say this, sometimes we will have to cut some coffees. Sometimes we will have to cut some dinners. So before I go on that tangent, let's get back to the issue at hand. Because I mentioned that I'm no longer mentioning my revenue. I will no longer mention it all. The big reason, the overarching reason is it's really about to to talk about my revenue is really to betray what this platform is ultimately about. And, And this platform is ultimately about looking beyond the surface, looking beneath the surface, right? Let's go deeper. Because it's that depth that's going to help you keep more of your hard-earned money. So I don't believe that revenue equals financial success. Revenue is actually the beginning. And I ultimately said I believe cash is king. For a small business owner, yes, it is. Revenue ultimately is a vanity vanity metric. And I have a story that really supports uh, my first reason why I won't be sharing my revenue. And, And that's just because... I don't want people to stop at the revenue and to make it mean something. And I also don't want people to use revenue improperly. And revenue can be misleading. There are a lot of people that I work with where at the surface, you can look at their cars, you can look at their homes, and and to anyone, they'll be like, wow, they're doing well in life. And a lot of those people are really drowning in debt. And they're one missed payment away from a car being repossessed or the home being foreclosed on. There's some people that are in some some really sticky situations. You might live next to them. That might be you. And so if we were to focus on revenue only, 
we're ignoring debt. We're ignoring the, the other things that is actually that actually diminishes revenue. So case in point, um, I worked for a company briefly. I was helping them out where that company earned $2 million in revenue. To a lot of us, they'll be like, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that, that company is doing well. Well, they were actually $8 million in debt. So the company um, had some issues. That $8 million in debt is one of them. So when you look at the whole picture, the big picture, you might want to revise focusing only on revenue. But I know when you look, flip on any social media and you see your latest business guru talking about how much their launch was, how, how much in revenue that they earned, it has us thinking differently. So I'll go through these, these four reasons, these four, four perspectives, and I'll stick to why I just said I'm, I'm not sharing my revenue. So number one, when I mentioned my revenue, the number one reason why I will not, th- th- to begin, someone else, too many people have used my revenue to validate their success. And my success, my accomplishments are mine alone. It's not theirs. Here's the story. There was one uh, program that I went through in the past, and I did a self-study version of it. and. I wanted, I shared a testimonial with this person, just introducing myself and letting her know that I appreciate her work and how, how she clarified some things for me and skipping a few emails and, and perhaps me doing a bonus in her program. Um, she has asked me since to be anytime she's launching to be on her, on, on a panel to really discuss her program. So most recently in 2022, she asked me, and I think there were about seven or eight others. I didn't really, about that much. I didn't really count properly, but there's about that much, less than 10. And we, were, we all went through uh, her, her program, and we were also at various points in our business, but we were there to talk about, talk positively, I might add, about our experiences with her. And the first question she asked all of us was our revenue. How much are we expected to earn that year? 2022. I have to say I was blindsided. I wish I knew I was going to share my revenue because I'm not comfortable sharing my revenue. It's no one's business, honestly. Uh, I'm not a publicly traded company. And I also understand that people use, look at, use the revenue to decide whether or not I am truly an expert. And that's the wrong measurement, I might add. That's actually how we end up picking the wrong people to work with or to help to partner with. But I mentioned my revenue. Um, I'm proud of it, actually. And she was like, oh, it was almost like she didn't expect it. But she used my revenue, as I said, just said, to further validate her program, to let the audience know that because of her program, I now earn what I just said I earned. And I didn't appreciate that at all. I didn't appreciate it because it was deceptive. That's not, that's not true. That's false. But now I'm part of a situation that's, that's deceiving other people. 
The second thing I didn't appreciate was being taken advantage of. I gave my time to that person generously, I might add, to speak positively on her behalf. And that's how I'm treated? By her taking credit for my accomplishments? In that moment, I wish that I was not raised properly because I would have said something and then I would have just logged off that Zoom. Mic drop. Basically, that was disrespectful to me. And then, I, I'm sorry, y'all, I, I waffled on whether or not I'll speak to this, um, but it felt very colonial. Um, I know it surprises a lot of people, but I am a black woman. And uh, just, just from like a trauma perspective, that kicked up a bunch of stuff for me. Someone taking what's mine. I am Nigerian, <laughs> a former British colony. I have no problem with the Brits, but there's just something about someone taking something that doesn't belong that just kicks a bunch of stuff up. Um, and so I understand that this is a common practice in the coaching industry and in the online space. And I invite us to just think, just think. Is this appropriate? And it's, and it's done by the same people that will talk about the patriarchy. And in her case, talk about women supporting women. And that was not very supportive. And that was the very, that was that patriarchy thing she just did. So I'm, I invite us to really just catch ourselves when we say things and when we do things. And so all this to say, I won't share my revenue. This person made it very clear why I'm no longer sharing my revenue. Too many people are thirsty and want to take credit for someone else's success. You will not take credit for mine and I will not participate in the deception that's already too thick in the online space because to take credit for my work is not being honest. And, and I just, I see too many people losing so much money. I work with them actually. They've lost so much money on programs that over-deliver, right? I'm, not, I'm sorry, over-promise and under-deliver. And so I actually will not be part of that. I've also been, been part of someone who's lost a lot of money joining programs, working with, with, with people that over-promise and under-deliver. So I, I want to step out of that ring. You know, I'm stepping out. I'm speaking up and I will not be contributing to it by sharing my revenue. So that's reason number one why I'm no longer sharing my revenue. The second reason why I'm not sharing my revenue, if you remember when I said revenue does not equal financial success, well, I missed an opportunity to really highlight that in another episode, the second time I mentioned my revenue. I was a guest in a, on a podcast called The Twelfth House. I will go ahead and link that in the show notes. Also, I mentioned my former podcast episode, 11 Ways to Grow Your Bank Account Without Selling More, I will also link that. So I was given the option in, as a guest in this podcast to answer the question, the revenue question. And I chose to share my revenue because I think I needed to celebrate myself. I'm proud of, I'm proud of where, where I've, how far I've come, despite some serious odds, some unnecessary odds. Odds where most people will quit. And I know a lot of you out there are the same. You have stuck it out despite the odds. And I think in me 
mentioning my revenue, it gave room for me to now realize, oh, gee, cool. Now you can share the real lesson. And so I wish that what I really wanted to do in that moment was actually share what I have been able to do because of my revenue. I wanted to share how even before I hit multiple six figures, I was profitable, as in I had money in the bank, how I was able to start repaying debt, how I was able to help my parents out when they needed financially or someone else out financially, how I was able to grow my self-esteem and and develop a beautiful relationship with money. I wish I was able to speak more appropriately, like I'm sharing a bit now, how I went from never being able to save a penny (laughs) to consistently saving my money and then getting comfortable spending that money, knowing that it can come back. And it did come back and it came back even more. I wish that I could share experiences about me going to go pick up a subscription, subscription, prescription, prescription. And my insurance didn't cover it. So the prescription cost, I think it was $225. And I had no problem paying it. The people behind the counter were scrambling for coupons and, and, and cussing, actually, cussing the system for how expensive the medication is. And I, it's not lost on me that people can't afford a $225 prescription. I couldn't afford it at some point, some time ago. But because I know how to manage my money, I can. And I knew going to, that, to the doctor that I would be paying out of pocket for some things. And I could afford it now. And I wish I talked through that. So when I say I'm not mentioning revenue, it's because people get stuck on the top line. And what's more important to me and what I think is, should be more important to you is to know what you are able to do when now you make the money and then because you're such a pro, so good with money, you can keep more of it because you have to spend some. But what you keep, you multiply. And then all the things that happen because you're watching this money grow. Your self-esteem is recovering. I mentioned paying for prescription medication out of pocket. Being able to loan someone money, not worry if they're going to pay you back immediately, but like actually being able to contribute and help. Being able to pay for things cash because ruined your credit. I'm just throwing this one in. I ruined my credit, so I'm paying for more things cash. And guess what? I can. And then the process, having credit companies, I, I didn't accept it but offer to loan me, say, hey, you qualify for a loan. <laughs> we see the volume of cash going on here. We qualify, you qualify for a loan. And actually, this is the, the key. Because I work, I don't allow money to control me, I said no. I can say no, or I can say yes. So a lot of what I said about my experiences and some benefits to knowing how to manage money, it, it's That's why I won't mention revenue. Revenue stops the conversation. 
And what I would like to do, what I'm doing here is continuing the conversation. So I won't miss the opportunity again. Um, but in general, I won't be talking about my revenue. Here's a third reason why I'm not going to talk about my revenue anymore. I won't share it. I noticed that when I did talk about my revenue, it invited some not so welcome energy into this vortex that I'm trying to keep clean. And that those not so great energies, it's scarcity, feelings of lack and feelings of unworthiness. That's not welcome here. That's what we're trying to remove. When I say we, it's like, it's, it's, we're doing this together. We're removing it. When people talk about their revenue, it does kick up feelings of unworthiness. Look, we, we, we look at our, someone that, we look and listen to the person that we admire and respect. And we're human beings. Have you felt a little inadequate when either your influencer or Prince Harry, <laughs> I'm listening to the interview right now, talks about some of their problems or you see their decked out cars their homes, right? And you're just like, gosh, you know, my Pinto barely runs. I live in a, I don't, my living conditions are not what, what they have. Go to the Maldives. When, will I ever be able to go travel to the Maldives on a whim? Wow. You know? So when I talk about revenue, um, I, I notice that feeling of, that of inadequacy that I don't measure up. You know, that's what I've heard someone say. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. I'm doing this wrong. That's what I hear when I do connect with prospects or even clients. And, and that with, when the revenue conversation is brought up. Now, scarcity, the, I, scarcity comes in the form of comp comp competition. I noticed some colleagues that I've had to distance myself from, they started competing with me. No one's competing with Chiyama. Chiyama competes with herself. There's too much work to do. I, I'm on a mission to help people, more people keep more of their hard-earned money. I don't have time to compete with another business owner. That's, that's silly. So anyone that wants to compete is not welcome. There was one person that I really respected her, um, and I had to say goodbye. And one of the last things I told her was, it seems like the only way you and I can be in touch is if I'm beneath you. I'm not interested in that. When I mention my revenue, we're not, it's not meant for anyone to compete with me. I, I don't want anyone measuring themselves against me. I can't help that, but that's never my intention for when, I, when and if I measure my stats or share my experiences. It's not for anyone to measure themselves to see if they're doing better or worse. That's not welcome here. And if you do that, which, like I said, we're human, but if you do that, I'd really ask yourself, where's the, first of all, why? I had like three questions come up at the same time. Why am I comparing myself to this person? And like, really keep it real with yourself. Where is this coming from? What does it mean for you to be better than them? Like, what, why do you need to do that? Why is that person your benchmark? 
So search yourself. That's my biggest issue with the revenue conversation. Um, as I mentioned, it stops the conversation. I'm starting to see online where, where some people are like, oh, well, six figures is not enough money. Excuse me, says who? Says who? Why are you setting the standard for another person? And I'm saying this lovingly to some of the people that I respect. You can be profitable at success for you is something that you define. The enough money, you define that, really. So before you listen to all these people say, oh, six figures isn't enough or seven figures enough, get clear, is that by your standards or someone else's? Because the people that say this, are the same ones that say, yeah, your parents don't listen to their expectations, don't listen to society's expectations, but then they're setting, they just set an expectation. And that expectation is now six figures is not enough money. So it's just be careful with these, watch out for these mixed messages. My point here is when you're, you hearing someone's revenue should never cause you to now start measuring up to see who's more successful than the next. That's wonky energy. No good. It shouldn't stir up feelings of lack or you not being good enough. You getting it all wrong. You screwing up. That's not, that's not health. That's not healthy. That's disempowering. So that's why I'm not mentioning my revenue. If I mention it, it will always be revenue and revenue and. But talking about revenue, me sharing my revenue, it just, there's so much context missing. And I do not want to contribute to feelings of scarcity, rather feelings of lack and worthiness and the scarcity and unhealthy competition. So now for the fourth reason why I won't mention my revenue anymore going forward. I find that when we discuss revenue, when it's mentioned, when I share it, it can discourage action because revenue has become the goal. And I believe revenue needs to be part of the process, not the goal itself, not the end point. Recently, I was listening to a podcast episode. It was by James Clear, and I actually forgot the podcast itself, but I always enjoy listening to James Clear uh, speak. James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits. Uh, One of a book that I will read over and over and over again. In fact, I'm in the process of reading it again. And he brought up uh, a statement about acting as if. And I've taken quite a few manifesting programs. Uh, I, I love my spiritual community. And, and then there's things I disagree with. But a lot of times, I'm sure you've heard of act as if. Or another one is step into feeling. Like if you want to be a six-figure business owner, let's, let's harp on that, then step into the feeling of being a six-figure earner, of having that money. Step into the feeling. Act as if you're a six-figure business owner. Or step into the feeling of having seven figures in revenue. Act as if you're a seven-figure business owner. The funny thing about that statement is, however, and this is according to that podcast episode as well, is if you've never experienced that, how, how will you know how to act? 
and how will you know what feelings? You know, so we need to go a little bit beyond that. That's those two statements. Those statements are good. It's a start, but let's add on. It's, it's tough. How about let's ask some questions. What do people who have money do? Because I imagine the, the desire to earn a certain revenue is about having money. So what do people who have money do? And this is going beyond buying nice cars and traveling to exotic vacations. What do they do as it relates to their money? I don't think many of us sit down to think about that. So let me help you out. What do people with assets do? Or how do people who have money, how do they take care of their money? Do people who have money know where their money goes? I'd say so. I'd say the answer is yes, right? Do people who have money track their finances? Yes. In fact, I used to work at a country club. I taught yoga at the Houston Country Club. And um, I seemed to bond with those that uh, essentially had money, lost it all, and rebuilt themselves. And they'll tell you, because we got they, they love sharing their story because they're proud of it. Oh, they know where their money goes. <laughs> they are on top of it. They will sit down and have a money date. They're not above looking. They know. They know. They know. And there's another person that I connected with, um, another business owner from, I was going to say the UK, but then I was catching myself. I'm like, why does it matter where he's from? But okay, I, I guess to add color to the story, he's from the UK and he has physical therapy clinics where healthcare is free compared to the US. Something that's tough to do, million dollar physical, physical therapy clinics. He knows where his money is going better than his, than his bookkeeper. So anyone that has, good, that has good business sense, they know exactly where their money is going. They know. And, and so that's what I invite you all to think about. If you want to earn a certain level, and revenue begins the conversation, but I know what you mean have money, wouldn't it help to educate yourself about what you can do? To have that money, like perhaps read a book on a money book, and I'm sure you're going to defer to me, Chiama. Which ones do you recommend? I'll give you some that are a start, but ultimately, this is your journey. I'm a huge fan of Profit First, and there's different Profit First types, by the way. But I'm rereading the original one as we speak. When it comes to improving your habits and knowing how to get started, Atomic Habits I just mentioned. Huge fan of that book. There's The Barefoot Investor. There's I Will Teach You to Be Rich. There's All Your Worth by Elizabeth Warren. So these and these are books that actually tell you how to manage money. They're not inspiring motivational millionaire books. These are books, atomic habits aside, that are approachable and that actually teach you, they show you how you can move money. And yes, profit aside from profit first, many of them are also 
about your personal finance. But guess what, y'all? You can take what you hear or read about personal finance and apply it to your business. You can. My point is, is, is to do your part to understand what it takes to have money. And maybe it is improve your mindset with money, but I think a lot of us could know how to do our part. So that's why I'm discouraging the revenue discussion because revenue needs to be a process. And so for you to, but you need to create that process. For you to act as if or get in the feeling you need to create a process that helps you act as if and getting to feeling so that the revenue that you're obtaining is part of that process. And so that's what I mean by get clear on understanding what do people who have money do? What books do they read? How often do they check their bank accounts? Or how often do they connect with their bookkeeper? What metrics are they using for their business? Do they have forward finance reports? Do they use lag reports? What reports are they looking at? And maybe let me scale it back. Let's get basic. What could you do to start stepping towards that? Could you begin by simply checking your bank balance every day? Balances. And then as you get used to checking your bank balances, you'll notice that the balances change. That'll lead you to looking at the bank detail. What's going on? Why did it change? And then you continue by, okay, now you know where your money is going. Do you need your money to go there? Or perhaps, am I earning appropriately? Am I earning timely? And then maybe you'll notice that you have some people not paying you on time. What can you do to improve that? And so all I'm saying is you start to take these steps to engage with your money. And, and in a sense, that's creating the process. It's creating a habit. And that's getting you to act as if. And that's getting you to step into feeling so that, oh, guess what? You're hitting that revenue goal. Because now the revenue goal is part of that process. It's probably the name of the process, right? Six figures, that's the name of the process. Seven figures, that's the name of the process. And you're becoming invested in that process. And that's better than just simply, oh, I'm going to shoot for six figures. And then if you don't hit the goal, then you're like, oh, I'm bad at money. So revenue needs to be a process. A process that helps you act as if and get into feeling. So that's why I'm not just only mentioning my revenue because revenue needs to be part of the conversation. I hope all of this makes sense. That's actually where I'm going to stop it. The big things I'm doing for 2023. Not mentioning my revenue. So. I'd love to know what you all think about this, this conversation. Um, please let me know. Share your thoughts. Uh, feel free to email me 
personally, it's, it's my, it's direct to me, Chiyama at the mindfulbookkeeper.com. I'll link it in the show notes. If, um, if you need some assistance, let's say you're like, you know what? I know I need to act as if step in the feeling, but I have no idea what that looks like. I'm stuck. Can you help me? Well, let's chat. Let's connect. I'll be leaving my calendar, linking my calendar in the show notes as well. It's just a conversation. Maybe that's all you need, or maybe we take it a step further. But um, sometimes talking things through can help you. Not sometimes. That It's all the time, I think. Talking things through can help you take the next step forward. So, and the last thing I will mention here, um, I hope you know this. This podcast, of course, is my opinion. So I am not your accountant. I am not your financial coach. None of this is directive advice. It's based on my personal experiences with clients, with prospects, and even my corporate work experience, plus a lot of research. I've nerded out quite a bit. But I I just would like for you to think of this conversation as something that sparks curiosity and helps you take a step forward, but hopefully a more well-informed step forward. So I thank you for your time and attention. And I hope you know, I do believe we all have a right to prosper. So with that said, cheers to your prosperity. Take care.